Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football, whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or sometimes even IDP. We got you covered all year long. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. I'm your host, John June. And of course, got my guy, Greg Penniman. Greg, what is good, bro? What's going on? It was a good good fantasy week for my teams. Hopefully it was the same for, for the other teams. You know, we got some Monday night miracles. Hopefully some Monday night matchups going on right now. It's not over yet. Uh, but definitely a, a exciting week one. Uh, some great games, absolutely. Some we already had one to go to overtime. Thought the Bengals were going to tie again in week one again, but yeah, they they came through. So I mean, the, the week one was a good good week. Yeah, man, absolutely, man. Week one was eventful. It was uh, you know, good to have football back again, and so definitely excited about the uh, about you know breaking it down, breaking it all down here as we do on our our weekly recaps and. So obviously, if you don't know, if you if you're new to the show, we're gonna go over the studs and jags. Uh, the studs, obviously, that's self-explanatory. But the jags, you might ask yourself, uh, John, these players don't all play for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, I understand. Uh, jags is an acronym for just a guy, uh, somebody that you you could have just literally went to waivers and picked up another player <laughs> as opposed to just putting this player in your lineup. Because uh, they were simply just a guy for you on Sunday, so or, or potentially even Thursday. So going through each position group, we're going to break that down. Also going to cover some news and some injuries. Uh, then we'll even then we'll get to waivers. And so the starting with the quarterback position, like we always do, Greg, the quarterback stud of the week, the f- number one quarterback on the week, Kyler Murray, 289 passing yards, four touchdowns. One interception, uh, also had 20 yards rushing and an additional rushing touchdown, 33.56 fantasy points. Mm. What were your impressions of the of Kyler Murray on Sunday, man? Oh man, Kyler Murray is every time I see him, it's it's just a blur. You like you think about like every time he runs the ball, he the the run that he had to Rondo Moore uh, after scrambling for about 40 yards in the backfield. Uh, he, he's just so elusive, and it's just a surprise to see how, how much of a blur he is every time I watch him. He's an amazing quarterback uh, as far as with his legs, was able to get it down the field passing-wise as well. Uh, yeah, if you're a Kyler Murray uh, manager and, you know, you you, wait, you waited a bit, didn't go for Patty, didn't go for Josh Allen, but got Kyler Murray, you're feeling really good right now because uh, you didn't have to pay that huge price for a quarterback, but did pay a good one. But, yeah, Kyler Murray's the man right now. Yeah, man, picking up where he left off at the first eight games of last year, you know, just being the QB one, getting it. I mean, this time, though, you know, last year we were so used to him running for two touchdowns, three touchdowns or, you know, having 50, 60, 80 rushing yards, you know, only had 20 rushing yards today. Um, He was third in, in fantasy points per drop back at the position with just over one fantasy point per drop back which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, but if you look at just the fantasy points from passing, he was fourth with just under with just under 0.8 fantasy points per game. So he was getting it done through the air Four passing touchdowns definitely helped get that done. But uh, I think Kyler Murray, 
you know, had a had a you know ha- is going to con- continue to carry people to these huge weeks. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, every week, man. Um, another guy who will continue to do that for you was the key on the week, Patrick Mahomes, 337 passing yards, three touchdowns, 18 rushing yards, and a a smooth rushing touchdown, man. Oh yes, yeah. oh, savvy. Yeah. Um, good for 33.28 fancy points on a day. Hey, this game kind of went how I how I called it. I, I did take the under here, so there were more, more points than I was anticipating. But the but Patrick Mahomes absolutely just dominated here. Greg, what were your impressions of the game? And oh Patrick- yeah, uh, I was watching a roommate, um, game with my roommate, and as they were going down more points by twelve, I'm like, oh yeah, this is what this is how we like it. We like when the Chiefs are down other uh, than the Super Bowl, but still, you know, we like when the Chiefs are down on a regular basis. Uh, you know, Pat Mahomes gonna have to put up points. And they came back, like, without a doubt, I had, like, all the confidence. I'm sure everyone in the crowd did, too. Uh, and then that play of the game with the special teams just turned it around. Uh, and then also probably the play of the week with that Pat Mahomes one-legged 70-yard throw to Tyreek Hill. It was amazing. That's just classic Mahomes and Hill. Um, yeah, doing what they got to do. Uh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes. It's the man. Yeah, man. Like, uh, he was asked after the game about the about the meme, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to paraphrase here, but the reporter said, hey, have you seen the meme going around that? Screw it. Tyreek's down there somewhere. Yep. <laughs> and he said, hey, man, sometimes it'd be like that. It's so true. so, you know, that's totally fun. Uh, probably going to kill me in our league, Extraordinary People League, our league of record here on the Fantasy Football Diagnostics podcast as I my team makes a valiant effort against uh, Shivan. So. We'll see. We'll see what happens here. But moving on to the QB three on the week. And Greg, this was a sleeper quarterback for Sir. you on the season. Um, I, I said before, prior to this game, I mean, on during our breakdown, I said, hey, I think you could play this guy the way I think this game might go. Uh, and if you did, he really came through for you. Jameis Winston. Uh, not a lot of passing yards needed, just 148, but he was efficient on them. Five touchdown passes, zero. That's more. That's the most impressive stat line. Not right there. Zero interceptions. <laughs> he could have threw also, 10 touchdowns. <laughs> also added 37 rushing yards. Uh, so that's a pretty good day there for Jameis Winston. 29.62 fantasy points on the day led all quarterbacks in fantasy points per dropback at 1.48. Oh, yeah. So almost a point and a half for every dropback. <laughs> I mean, look, Sean Payton accentuates he accentuates the strengths of his quarterback, whether you're Drew, Drew Brees, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Taysom Hill, or now Jameis Winston. He will accentuate what you do well, and Jameis Winston throws the ball down the field, and he's a playmaker, and so – you know, I think, like you said, the most important stat there, no interceptions. And so, uh, Greg, what were your overall impressions of Jameis? And is this kind of what you envisioned when you picked him to be your sleeper quarterback? Yeah, uh, uh, the only risk that was uh, that he had, I think, was just winning the job against Taysom Hill. But once he had that job, Sean Payne, the system is just perfect for any quarterback. Yeah, as you said it, um, on 20 pass attempts, the man only had 20 pass attempts. Got five touchdowns. Um, definitely not going to expect that level of efficiency going down the field, going down the line, but expect more pass attempts probably in, in more competitive games. So they did really blow out the Green Bay Packers unexpectedly. But 
yeah, I mean, this is going to be a player you he needs to be rostered and he needs to be over 50 percent for sure. He's going to be he's under that. So, you know, we're going to have to talk about him. Uh, but, yeah, James Winston down the line is, is, is a guy. No, definitely, man. Uh, let's move on to the round out to round out this top 12 here, Greg. And so number four, I bet you nobody played him. Uh, Jared Goff, number five. My quarterback start of the week in Jalen Hurts. Yes, sir. Number six, Dak Prescott. Number seven, Tom Brady. Number eight, Russell Wilson. Number nine, Matthew Stafford. Number 10, Tyrod Taylor. Number 11, Kirk Cousins. And number 12, Daniel Jones. Just keep in mind, Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr have not played yet as we record this. So uh, we recording this Monday night, just before the Monday night game. So I think it, what's pretty crazy to me is if you told me on third on Friday morning that Tom Brady and Dak Prescott would be the quarterback six and seven, I would probably have a hard time believing you because they had pretty b- big weeks themselves. Yeah. Uh, Greg, what were anybody in the top 12 stick out to you uh, before we get to these honorable mentions? Did any, any just, of these top 12 performances stick out? Blown away that Daniel Jones is able to make it to the top 12 with that game like football wise he played a horrible game and they they he, he got that garbage time touchdown rushing touchdown with zero seconds on the clock so that's really what bumped him up that was a true garbage time play um yeah man i, I was I'm, i just wanted to be on the air and say that he ain't it man that's all i want to say man i'm off the daniel jones bandwagon it's, it's over man yo he's so- not the quarterback are we retiring the Danny Dimes? Is yes, that we're done? retiring Danny Dimes. That's over. That's done. Okay. Uh, but More like pennies on a dollar. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> a dollar and not a dream, man. That's. What <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that he got in top twelve, that that's kudos to him. Uh, people that played him in those two quarterback leagues, for sure. Yeah, man. Um, other things that stick out to me here, um, you know, Kirk Cousins was another guy that I said, hey, I think you could play here, streamable option. Uh, but Tyrod Taylor definitely surprises me. I mean, I was bashing the dude before the game. Uh, you know, hey, I, I do not want to play Tyrod Taylor. Don't want to attach myself to Tyrod Taylor. Um, but this kind of just shows us how bad Jacksonville's defense continues to be. Um, but if that happens, though, we then we could get on these honorable mentions. Then Trevor Lawrence can continue to do what he did on Sunday, which was air it out four three touchdown passes to finish as uh, a QB 13 or QB 14 here. And Sam Darnold, your quarterback stream of the week comes in as the QB 15 here, Greg. So, um, you know, also the thought, the thing I thought was interesting that Teddy Bridgewater is able to finish as a QB 13 and Daniel Jones was the QB 12 in what was a game in like such an ugly game. Word. (laughs) Word. Teddy Bridgewater was the clear better quarterback in that game. And like, oh man, it was, Literally, like the last play of the game, like zero seconds on the clock, he got that rushing touchdown. So six points right there. Oh, man. All right, let's move on to the less than exciting segment, part of this segment, the just the guys, man, the Jags, bro. And so I uh, got some guys that I want to list here. Josh Allen, uh, that's more of like expectation base. He didn't have a terrible week, but he did not give you the advantage that you thought you were getting when – when you drafted Josh Allen, um, finishes on the week as the quarterback 19. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, who, Greg, was your start of the week. Yep. That game was just ugly for, for the Titans. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I don't know what to think of it. Was it is Arizona's defense that improved, or are the Titans did the Titans just do that poor of a job executing on Sunday? I do think that the Cardinals are uh, a better defense, um, you know. But and also we knew the Tennessee Titans defense is horrible. So uh, speaking of like Kyler Murray being number one quarterback. Like we, Tennessee's Titans defense is going to be defense that needs to be attacked this year uh, for all players. So, yeah, for sure, and especially in the secondary. But, yeah, Cardinals defense got better, but I think the, the they'll figure it out. I mean, was Mike Rabel caught out Julio Jones today. Like, you know, it, it, they'll be fine, I think. Yeah, man. Um, so, you know, he comes in as the quarterback 23. Justin Herbert comes in as the quarterback 24. I mean, we we didn't really want to play Herbert, not, in, not against Washington. Nah, um, it's a tough matchup. But – like we were talking about off air, 47 pass attempts. That's great for Justin Herbert because that's a, a significant improvement from what we had last year when you look at what Anthony Lynn was doing. Um, Anthony Lynn and, and company was doing from a play calling perspective. Um, and then, you know, two other guys, two veteran guys that uh, probably failed you, Matt Ryan and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers with, 1.32 fantasy points on Sunday. Uh, Matt Ryan with 7.3. So uh, not great for either one of those guys. Uh, I know, Greg, that Matt Ryan was your bust coming into the year. Are you, is this kind of, I know it's week one and we don't want to make any crazy, um, you know, we don't want to overreact in any one any one way or the other but does this kind of start to validate what you were thinking um about Matt Ryan I I think to you know the the narrative how how fantasy is going both those quarterbacks uh especially more more Matt Ryan are not mobile quarterbacks so they need to rely on that that passing yards and uh, those passing touchdowns so if they don't get that uh it's going to be a very like a, it's going to be a bust day. You're going to get on a single digit points possibly for your quarterback position, which is a, a loss. And, you know, you don't want to, you know, get those wings where you're ever in a chance to get, get a loss. Uh, so yeah, that was probably kind of what I was going into uh, formula wise for why I took Matt Ryan on my, on my bus. Also with Julio Jones not being there. I mean, really dominated on that first drive. I was watching a lot of that Eagles game, um, Eagles Falcons game because of hurt season, but uh, yeah, they, they weren't able to get back to him against a, you know, Eagles secondary that, you know, not the best, but they, they play pretty well. Yeah, I, I thought that game was interesting. And it's, it's, that's an interesting point that you bring up, too, be, right? Because it's, it even goes beyond the, the box score, right? Like yeah. Matt Ryan, the his offensive line was overmatched all day. And the fact that he can't move yeah. means he can't even create something out of nothing. No. And so his fantasy day is done. Yep. Like, if Matt Ryan has a bad matchup, I mean, Aaron Rodgers can move a little bit. He's obviously getting a little bit older. But if his – if if their offensive lines are overmatched and they're going to be under pressure the whole day, their fantasy days are not going to be that good. And, we, you yeah. know, we've even seen that from Aaron Rodgers in the past that we saw in San Fran a, a couple years ago. Uh, there was another game last year. I forget which game it was, but um, ha- Tampa Bay. Um, yeah. You know, so it, it definitely can ruin the day there for uh, for these quarterbacks that are less than mobile. Uh, Greg, I forgot to ask you, did you bring up a, an honorable mention? Is there somebody that you wanted to highlight? Um, um I, I mean, you know, Joey B. 
always getting a dub, uh, able to get two touchdowns. He played pretty well game, no turnovers, so that was good, I think, for him, his development, uh, and him getting a, a solid streamable quarterback. Yeah, Joe Burrow finished as the quarterback 14 on the week. Yep. Um, just one hot, one spot ahead of my quarterback stream of the week in Carson Wentz and uh, Zach Wilson. So, you know, just figured I'd throw that in there. It's just, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. you know just <laughs> thought that I would educate the people for a little bit. Um, let's move on to the running back position, man. Yes, sir. The running back stud. It's it's the first name is very easy because it's one that we're used to. Christian McCaffrey, um, 98 rushing yards, had nine receptions for 89 receiving yards, 27.7 fantasy points in this one, uh, PPR points. And he had 100 percent of the running back opportunities here for the Carolina Panthers. And if you are a Christian McCaffrey manager or you just enjoy playing him in DFS every week. That is the fantastic news right there. Didn't even score a touchdown in this one. So that's the best. Oh, that's just beautiful, man. It's beautiful. 27.7 doesn't even have to score a touchdown. I mean, if you were watching this game, uh, not know, don't know how many people were. I know I was, um, but he just, every time, like every time Darnold was in some kind of pressure, yep. it was just like, Oh, Where's 22? Yep. <laughs> let, me, let me get the ball to 22. And so I think that's going to be a, a common theme uh, this year with Christian McCaffrey out there for the Carolina Panthers. Greg, what were your impressions of CMC? I mean, you, you summed it up pretty much. Uh, there's really, you know, nothing more to be said about McCaffrey. We know coming off an injury, no matter what, that this is the one guy we could always take number one year in and year out. He's been the number one pick for probably the last three, four years now, and I, I would do it every time. If he got injured again this year, I would do it again next year. It doesn't matter. Christian McCaffrey's that bad man. There's no, there's nobody like him in terms of the volume that he gets yeah. and then the efficiency that he gets on top of it. I mean – yeah, it, it's true just workhorse. True, true workhorse. workhorse in a day and an age where we don't have many of those. But somebody else who did perform Ooh. workhorse status, Greg, your start of the week at the running back position. Um, I, hey, this weekend, people either they love Joe Mixon or they they continue to love to hate Joe Mixon because I don't know what excuses you could come up for in this Word. one. 127 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown, four catches on four targets for 23 receiving yards 25 ppr points here and 84.6 percent of the running back opportunities that was the fourth high fifth highest total on the week greg what do you have to say about this one Come on, man. The volume is king, man. You know, it's one of the rules in fantasy. I think we need to, you know, also just make sure we we uh, we we know 29 carries. Like that's basically he almost had 30 carries. Like that's ridiculous. Uh, they're going to be in a lot of competitive games this year, Cincinnati. Um, they're going to be, I think, a better team. Uh, and it starts with Joe Mixon. It starts with this running game and his volume. Um, yeah, he got oh, 34 touches, 33 touches. So yeah, I'm I'm very happy for Joe Mixon. All you got to do is stay healthy. That was always the the one thing with Joe Mixon that I had, but I don't, there's on the field, there's no issues with him for me. 
Yeah, I mean, that's with any player, right? I mean, uh, Edwin Poros came on. He said only 2% of NFL games are injury-free. So basically, there's a 100% chance that you could get injured playing in, a, in an NFL football game. Joe Mixon, he's a good player. You know you know how I feel about Joe Mixon. Yeah. I think that he's yeah. a good player. I just think the only issue has really been opportunities when you look at it. Uh, you know, at, opportun- like when he doesn't get – when he is getting the ball, he is productive. Right. He has good fantasy moments. It's when the moments when he's getting like 12, 15 carries, no receptions, that you're like, well, yeah, that's like any other – RB two in the in the NFL like I don't want that but Joe Mixon not in the Joe Barrow era yo not in the Joe no, Barrow era <laughs> absolutely not man so Greg let's move on to the RB three on the week man and this one I I don't think many people had it coming I mean Tom Pelissero had a report that he would be the lead guy here I'm talking about Jamal Williams uh, for the Detroit Lions fifty four rushing yards one rushing touchdown eight receptions. For 56 receiving yards, 25 PPR points. Uh, so ties there actually with Joe Mixon to be the RB2 thus far. Um, what were your thoughts here of DeAndre, or not DeAndre Swift, but Jamal Williams here? Uh, I, I know I say this because I know that you have a lot of DeAndre Swift. I do. So, I do. Uh, typically you'd be upset about this, but as if people don't already know, you'll soon to find out. DeAndre Swift had a pretty good week himself. Did. So, Did. what were your thoughts here of Jamal Williams? Can these two potentially coexist, um, or was this just a nature of the game script? Yeah, I think these guys can uh, coexist. One because the Detroit Lions are going to be a very bad football team this year. Uh, especially they can't they can't guard anyone on the defense, so they're always going to be a negative game script. Uh, both, I think, Hawkinson. Jamal Williams and Swift, they had a combined 24 receptions, so they're going to be getting the ball. You have a weak receiving core. The running backs are going to get, I think, a lot of reception opportunities, uh, along with Hawkinson being the main pass catcher. Yeah, this, this definitely could work. Uh, no Jeff Okuda. He just tore his Achilles. Like, they, they're going to be bad. Yeah, and uh, I think Jeff Okuda was struggling even before the Achilles injury. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, Greg, but there's a video of him getting just completely chewed yeah. out by, by his defensive back coach. Just like I didn't, I didn't see that. No, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you yeah. later. But he's just <laughs> completely like, like yeah, I, I've never seen an NFL player get yelled like that during a, yelled at like that during an NFL game. Um, but. Yeah, I think there's an opportunity here for these guys to coexist. Uh, you know, 40% of the touches here in the backfield. Like you said, the lines are going to be bad. The defense is going to be bad. It's going to be one that we attack in fantasy, but it's also going to be a reason why we could probably attack these other pieces in fantasy like TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift and sometimes even Jamal Williams here who finishes as the RB3. So we'll, I'm sure we'll be talking about Jamal Williams in a little bit. But, Greg, DeAndre Swift finishes as the RB4. Nick Chubb, the RB5, Melvin Gordon, the running back, 6, 7, Dalvin Cook, 8, David Montgomery, 9, Alvin Kamara, 10, Jonathan Taylor, 11, Miles Sanders, and 12, Kareem Hunt. Um, Before we get to the honorable mentions, any of these guys in the top 12, you know, any of their performances really stick out to you here? Definitely the David Montgomery. uh, That's big for him, I think, um, you know. We know he's a safe RB2 week in and week out, but if he can get you those those RB1 upside weeks, um, that really 
is nice for the the draft price you got him for. Uh, so definitely like that his performance there. Yeah, man, and he looked really good last night yeah, too. He did. Um, you know, he looked. We obviously know he's a violent he's a violent runner, um, and that's part of the reason you know that we, makes him so good is that yards after contact. But he looked explosive yesterday. He had bursts, ran with good vision. Uh, so I, I really liked what I saw from David Montgomery yesterday. Miles Sanders, man, coming in as a as the RB eleven here, um, only had sixty percent of the running back opportunities. I believe it was yeah, sixty one percent. So um, that's not great. But this was a game that they were winning. Uh, he was the lead carry getter uh, with fifteen, and so you know I, I'm. If Miles Sanders is getting the ball, talent's never been a question. Um, it's been about the opportunities and is he going to get the high leverage opportunities? And so, and Sunday he was. Um, yeah, I mean, nothing else really sticks out. The Browns running backs can continuing to, you know, still do what they do. Yep. Produce two top, two top 12 yep. running backs in a loss. I don't know how you could even manage to do that, but <laughs> they did it. Uh, let's get to these honorable mentions, Greg. Uh, anybody really stick out to you? at the running back position uh, that we that didn't finish in the top 12 on a positive note. Well, you, you talked about Miles Sanders, got got Keenan Gainwell, I think, you know, played pretty, pretty well. Um, I think just solidified his, took out Boston Scott completely. That was like another flip that, you know, week one, you find out right away, you know, one of those knowns we know now uh, that yeah, Kenneth Gainwell, they, they drafted him with the, in that price uh, in the NFL draft, and they're going to use him for sure. Got the, you know, nine carries and also got, you know, the two receptions. So uh, he'll be definitely used for uh, in both. Yeah. Uh, and then the the big one, I think, that really sticks out to me, the glaring one is Elijah Mitchell for the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. Um, finishes as the RB 13 on the week uh, before the week is done. Led the running backs, led the led all Niners running backs in touches and opportunities had 19 carries um no receptions but just not no no targets but just 19 carries here 82 percent of the opportunities here for the 49ers we all know Raheem Mostert who suffered an injury during the game he will be out for the first eight weeks it seems will be headed to the IR um and then Trey Sermon, who the Niners traded up for in the third round of the NFL draft, he was a healthy scratch on Sunday after operating as pretty much the number two back for most of the year. Um, and Jamichael Hasty got some work in as well. Um, you know, somebody that propped up a lot last year. So, you know, we'll see how this plays out. But right now, it seems like Elijah Mitchell is going to be the lead guy in what we know is a run heavy uh Niners Niners offense yeah we we definitely you know I've been through it every uh, many years 49ers always have at least you know three the 49ers running back as a whole unit will be a great fantasy running back but you know it's going to be split between a couple guys here and there you not really don't know who's going to be Elijah Moore at the I mean a lot yeah let's just call it uh Elijah Mitchell hopefully is going to be able to uh hopefully get a, a lead in in row, but we really don't know what Kyle Shanahan's gonna do. Uh, I'm speaking from yeah, 49ers running back experience. Like it's hard to, to get the number one. <laughs> yeah, it's tough, and we'll talk about it during waivers um, some more. But it, it's it's tough to to really 
you know, invest in that Niners running back situation when you don't know what you're going to get. But Daryl Henderson, another guy uh, stuck out to me, the running back 14 on the week, uh, 81% of the opportunity, 84%, oh no, sorry, 94% of the opportunities. That was the second, that was second behind Christian McCaffrey. So that was one of the things that we talked about watching going into this game. I, I, you know, you know, we both agreed that he could be an RB two, but we were just watching what the usage for Sony Michelle was going to be like. Sony Michelle carried the ball one time, touched the ball <laughs> one time, uh, while Daryl Henderson touched it 17 times. And we obviously see this offense is going to be much better with Matt Stafford at the helm. And so with that, all of that, I'm into Daryl Henderson. I've always been into Daryl Henderson, the player. This kind of just solidifies how I feel about playing about Daryl Henderson as a as a fantasy asset this season. Yeah, I'm with you. He's definitely going to be, I think, could give you some, well, well, a great flex consideration uh, week in and week out, especially in this Rams offense. Um, and hopefully get some RB2 upside. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, finished as the RB14 on, you know, this week thus far. Uh, if he's going to continue to touch the ball like that, then, you know, I'm locked and loaded as an RB2 for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, Chase Edmonds and, and James Conner each touched the ball 50-50, uh, 50-50 split, uh, 16 opportunities apiece. Um, but Chase Edmonds was was the more productive back here. Uh, not really sure what James Conner did with his opportunities. Not too much. Um, 53 rushing yards. Yeah. I don't think he had any receptions either. No, yeah, no receptions there. So the yeah. uh, game wasn't in prime time, so he, he, he finished it. Uh, <laughs> was the running back 37 on the week. Um, Mark Ingram was another one I don't think anybody saw coming. I mean, we all thought no. that this running back backfield no. was going to be pretty much uh, Philip Lindsay and David Johnson, but yeah. Mark Ingram finishes as the RB16, one spot behind Chase Edmonds. Yeah, had 26 carries, led this, uh, led the backfield with 60% of the opportunities. So, yeah, it seems that Mike Mark Ingram will have some sort of role in this Houston Texans offense, and we'll see. How long we um how many weeks we we try to go to it? Uh, they're already twelve and a half point underdogs this week against the Cleveland Browns. So yeah, yeah, they they were able to win that which and win handily. So that did help Mark Ingram get those carries in the second half. But he's not, definitely not a negative game skip person. So um we projected the Texans would be super bad this year. So yeah. I mean that's why we do Jack. That's why people confuse the Jacks for the actual Jacks. So the Jacks have just always been bad. So. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I can we just say like I was like I told I told my brother he was trying to pick he was hammering the Jags in in um in parlays this weekend and I was mm-hmm. just like hey man you know <laughs> it's still the Jags. You gotta bet on Urban Meyer to bet on the Jags. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm betting against the Texans. And I was like, well, you're betting on on Urban the Jacks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and he just his NFL process has not showed me that he is ready for this stage yet. And it could just be the little stuff that he's not doing that could lead to a blowout loss like this. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's just. I think it's going to be a rough year for the Jags. Uh, but his name's already floating in USC rumors because USC 
uh, fired their head coach today, and Urban Meyer and USC are trending on Twitter. So let's get to the Jags, the running back Jags. And the list is long. Um, Derek Henry, Ezekiel Elliott, we touched on. Uh, James Robinson, Saquon Barkley, you win your bet. (laughs) Running back 48, he finished. Uh, Aaron Jones. Jones. Najee Harris, who was my running back start of the week. Uh, Javante Williams. Trey Sermon and Zach Moss, both healthy scratches there. Uh, We didn't talk about Devin Singletary, but I'm sure, I mean, what do you think of that situation? Because that's to me is the, probably the most intriguing one. Daryl uh, Devin Singletary, seventy-two rushing yards, twenty RB twenty-six on the week, eleven fantasy points, and, and a bad loss for the for the Bills. Uh, Zach Moss is a healthy scratch though. So, how are you handling that situation going forward, Greg? Uh, yeah, if I'm a Devin Singletary owner, I mean manager, you're you're pretty happy. Um, having one running back on that that depth chart kind of uh helps him. I mean, Josh Allen, I think is still gonna vulture a lot of touchdowns in the red zone. But uh, as far as the yardage and stuff, uh, if it's you know shifted to one person, that's that's pretty good to bump Devin Singletary into uh, RB three flex category every week. Um, and for you know Zach Moss owners, I would be definitely panicking. Uh, healthy scratch is, is a healthy scratch. Um, the one thing you want is for him to play. Uh, so, um, I'm, you know, I think, you know, this year, I'm, I don't think you could be very forgiving with, uh, you know, if you need to, to cut people or not. But uh, I would probably hold on for him one, one week. But if I would say if he get another healthy scratch, I would be ready to drop him. I'd be ready to drop um, him now. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. yeah. Devin Singletary, 73% of the opportunities we already could know based off the healthy scratch that Matt Breed is the number two running back. This is a team that only really carries two running backs week to week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'd be in on Devin Singletary. I'm out on Zach Moss. I'd probably even be more into, to Matt Breida, but the fact that there's a running back in this offense, seeing North of 50% of the work, 55% of the work is fantastic because this is a running, this is an offense conducive to fantasy points. Regardless of whether you are going to get running back or, you know, touchdown opportunities or not, if you're the running back getting the ball receptions from from, um, you know, Josh Allen and just rushing opportunities, you're going to produce. It's just a matter of are you going to get enough volume to make that happen? So uh, between Derrick Henry, Zeke Elliott, um, Aaron Jones, I, I know how you feel about Saquon Barkley, so I'm not going to throw him into this mix. Um, which of these guys are you guess would you be the most concerned about? Or are you are you most concerned about? Or are you not concerned about any of them? I don't want to force you to say you are concerned. Yeah, you know. I don't think I'm concerned about uh, any of them. I'm I'm with Saquon now on week three. Week three on, I'm I'm, I'm with you. I'm there, yo. But not Thursday night, and that's it. And we're good. We're good to go. But yeah, I think these guys will be will be fine. Uh, I think there's just products of the offense just being bad, uh, not finding a lot of bad matchups, uh, bad O line play. That they'll they'll figure it out. Those guys. Yeah, uh, I mean, to your point, Saquon, 60% of the touches this week on a short week. How they're probably going to see how he responds. You know, maybe he doesn't get a lot of work, but then he'll have 10 days. So week three would be a really good day. So let's will be. Put that in the memory bank there. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. These guys were just in bad spots. Uh, you know, that's what happens when you play running back. You're going to be, you know, victim to the situation that your that your offense yeah. finds itself in Absolutely. a lot of times. And so, um, you know, not really going to be concerned there. You know, people are, might be concerned about Najee Harris. He's a rookie. Uh, week one doesn't have a great week. Uh, don't even know where he finished. It was RB. 40 um but the important number where he did finish running back four an opportunity share yes sir 89 and a half percent so 17 17 opportunities there 16 carries in his first game i'm totally into that that's exactly what we are anticipating so if somebody's selling i'm buying greg let's move on to the wide receivers Amari Cooper finishes as the wide receiver one on the week. We already touched about his day, but, you know, just remind the people, 13 catches, 139 yards, two touchdowns, 38.9 PPR points. We talked about him already. We're not going to talk about him again. Tyreek Hill, wide receiver two on the week, 11 catches, 197 yards, one touchdown, 37.1 PPR points. What were your takeaways from Tyreek's performance? Um, just like Mahomes, I expect this from Tyreek Hill. Uh, I, I was, you know, in that first half, how he was getting the ball, I'm like, oh, he might, this might be one of those 200 yard receiving days. And like to say that, I mean, that's like, that means Tyreek Hill does this. Like, you can predict that he might get 200 yards and receiving uh, uh, could happen. So he's just a stud of a receiver. Uh, just the boom days just makes him arguably the number one receiver in fantasy every year. So, uh, it's just w- what you want. Yeah, that was kind of my argument for having him as the number one receiver this year was, hey, if Mahomes goes berserk, uh, you're going to want the piece of that just because having these blow-up games in your life, like these are weak winning weeks. Like if you had Tyreek Hill, <laughs> yeah. it was pretty hard to lose. Um, you know, the number I think sticks out to me, 45% of Patrick Mahomes' targets, 15 of them. Uh, I want that. That's yeah. what I want. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Word. Uh, the wide receiver three on the week, man. Debo Samuel coming through nine catches, 189 yards, and a receiving touchdown. The wide receiver three on the week, 31.9 PPR points. Uh, led the Niners in targets, 52% target share mm. total from the 49ers and 12 total targets. What were your takeaways from Debo Samuel? Great game. Uh, could even have more except with that that late fumble that almost cost the 49ers the game. But yeah, uh, he had an awesome game. Um, we knew the matchup was great. Uh, Detroit secondary again. We talked about it. It's it's very bad. Uh, so I, I like it for him. He's definitely gonna be a f- every week flex. Uh, I think wide receiver two upside for sure. Uh, high and wide receiver two upside. Um, especially in weeks that San Fran is gonna be winning from Jimmy G, Trey Lance. It doesn't matter. Like he'll be involved. Yeah, Debo Samuel is somewhat uh, reminiscent of – not reminiscent. His situation kind of reminds me of, like, Amari Cooper, uh, how nobody really – people were so excited to draft C.D. Lamb that they were just leaving Amari Cooper there. And mm-hmm. it was the same thing with Brandon Ayuk. People were so excited, me included, to draft Brandon Ayuk that Debo Samuel was just there. And this was a guy that, you know, just two years ago was the wide receiver that people wanted – in the 49ers backfield at the end of his rookie year 
uh, coming into last year, people still wanted them on, still wanted him on their fantasy teams. Gets injured in the off season, uh, doesn't have a great year, but this year comes in is supposedly in much better shape. Um, you know, Kyle Shanahan was very complimentary of his off season, and so I'm excited to see a healthy Debo Samuel out there because when he's playing, he's one of the most dynamic uh, players in the league. And so definitely excited about that. But rounding out this top 12 here, Greg, Adam Thielen coming in as the wide receiver for Corey Davis, my wide receiver start of the week coming in at wide receiver five, DeAndre Hopkins coming in as the wide receiver six, Tyler Lockett, the wide receiver seven, Sterling Shepard, eight, Christian Kirk, nine, Cooper Cup, your wide receiver start of the week coming in at 10. Antonio Brown, 11. And Chris Godwin, 12. Greg, what were your thoughts? Uh, loving definitely Cooper Cup. Uh, just an awesome matchup in that slot. Uh, so Cooper Cup definitely took advantage. Adam Thielen, man, this man is just a touchdown machine, man. When it gets down to red zone time, Kirk Cousins looking at well, one person uh, definitely dealing the start as his first uh, in that rotation. Um, D-Hop is absolutely amazing with that. Uh, back uh, toe tap catch uh, in the back of the end zone. Got two of them too. Um, yeah, and Christian Kirk uh, absolutely played a good game. Um, I'm usually been in the past Christian Kirk haters, but definitely like I like his his play here. Uh, that number two receiver role is definitely wide open for him. Yeah, man. I mean, we always well, I always say we don't hate players, hate prices, um, but. Uh, definitely like all what you said. I mean, uh, Adam Thielen. I mean, those ja- those t- Minnesota Vikings. I almost forgot what team they played for for a second. Those Minnesota Vikings wide receivers are going to see some, you know, uh, some increase in touchdown production with the loss of Irv Smith, who is pretty heavily utilized down there, and Adam Thielen, who already has a a rapport with Kirk Cousins down there is going to just continue to gobble up those targets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tyler Lockett continuing to do Tyler Lockett yeah. and Russell yeah, Wilson bro. things. Uh, Sterling Shepard, somebody you had been banging the drum for. Yes, sir. And I'm like, hey, man, I don't, I don't want Sterling Shepard. I don't, <laughs> I don't want him. Um, but, you know, he, and the reason I didn't want him was because he, you know, he does always, not always, he always seems like he suffers from some sort of lower extremity injury or concussion or something like that. So, you know, but he came through here uh, as a PPR weapon. Um, Corey Davis, man, my wide receiver started. Came through big time. um, Two two touchdowns, 97 yards, five catches. Was the number one wide receiver here for Zach Wilson, who attempted 37 passes. So uh, keep that in mind as we progress through this fantasy season in terms of honorable mentions i mean i could be here all day if i named them all but i'll just name a few mike williams jamar chase zach pascal jarvis landry Devontae smith brandon cooks nelson aguilar and that's where i'm gonna stop yeah um greg anybody that i missed from the wide receiver honorable mentions uh well my man dj shark because he got so many targets, though, even though the, the, the catch rate was pretty low. But, yeah, he's uh hopefully back. As, if they can get some connections, he's back at that number one receiver. Well, Marvin Jones did lead the Jags wide receivers in targets, but DJ Shark was definitely a close second. It's going to fluctuate each yeah. week, and I mean, between these three guys, because uh, they're, so, they're all so talented. Um, 
But yeah. It, yeah, it could it could it could go any any way on this week, any any one way. But I could also see DJ Shark being the guy. But you could say that for literally any one of them. But uh, moving on to the Jags, man. Let's let's talk about those guys. And, and there were a few guys that were expecting to have big weeks. I mean, I, I was talked about Calvin Ridley and Justin Jefferson as potential starts of the week. Uh, not one of those guys came through. I mean, Calvin Ridley uh, suffered from Matt Ryan suffering. Um, you know, Justin Jefferson, I didn't really see much of that game, but had had uh, five catches, 71 yards. Uh, just don't don't really know what was the uh, contributing factor to his lack of big scoring. I mean, that's the thing, right? It was like Adam Thielen scores two touchdowns. But if you give one of those touchdowns to Jefferson, he has a much better day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Devontae Adams, again, you just pretty much throw. There's sometimes you can just throw a whole offense in this category. And, yeah. And the Packers basically are one of those teams. Uh, Terry McLaurin uh, did not have a, a fantastic day. Four catches, 62 yards. But we, we also know Ryan Tan- Ryan Fitzpatrick left the game early. Taylor Heineke also did come in. Did play relatively well as well, he did. too. So he did. Um, not really going to make that an excuse, nor make that a reason why we would expect uh, poor production from Terry McLaurin going forward. Any other guys disappoint you this week greg uh definitely relied i thought this would be a nice leap year for Pittman to start michael Pittman jr um but it wasn't yet our you know week one um carson wentz kind of spread it around a lot to bass pascal and other guys uh so i was disappointed with that performance and tyler boyd that was pretty much the other one um not the safe you know ppr receiver that you know we thought we were going to get uh, Jamar Chase catching the ball, getting those deep plays. Higgins uh, getting separation intermediate, but definitely not anything much for, for Boyd. Yeah, and um, Julio Jones, I think, is another guy you could throw in that category. Um, you know, A.J. Brown, I guess you could kind of, kind of throw him in that category as well. Just the Titans offense for, for, for um, you know, really. I mean, A.J. Brown, if you're playing half PPR leagues or – Standard leagues, he scored a touchdown, so you know he had a decent day. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, Jerry Judy was on his way to having a really good day. Uh, for the for the for the Broncos, ends up getting injured, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But uh, just you know, thought about him there. Let's go to the tight end studs, Greg, and the number one tight end of the week, man. I feel like it's like 2012 all over again. But Rob Gronkowski, man, comes through. Eight catches, 90 yards, two touchdowns. We talked about him on Thursday, so not going to talk about him again. If you want to listen to what we had to say about the Thursday, the players from the Bucks and the Cowboys game, then you can go back and listen to our Thursday night recap, which was the first part of the game two previews or game two, yeah, game game previews part two. But T.J. Hawkinson coming in as the tight end, two, eight catches, 97 yards. And a touchdown reception there, uh, 25.7 fantasy points in PPR leagues. Greg, what were your thoughts from TJ Hawk? You absolutely love it. This man is, you know, taking just more and more leaps to being that dominant tight end that we're going to be drafting, you know, top five every year. Uh, the Lions, again, um, there's no really – he's the best pass catcher on this team option for, for Jared Goff, and they're going to be in a lot of negative game scripts. Got eight receptions, so expect – Close to you know eight to ten receptions uh, every week, week in and week out, which is going to keep him with that steady floor, especially in PPR leagues. 
Yeah, he uh, definitely came through with a heavy target total. And, and just, again, like you said, with the way that this team is going to be constructed, the fact that they don't really have much by way of receivers and the fact that they're going to be throwing the ball a lot, TJ Hawkinson's probably their best, one of their best pass catchers. Uh, so him him along with DeAndre Swift. So that's going to be a, a trend yeah. that continues. Um, the tight end four on the week, Jawan Johnson, who did mention here. Shout out um, to the yep, yep. Uh, Dallas Goddard, the tight end five. Noah Fant, the tight end six. Logan Thomas, your tight end start of the week, comes in as tight end seven. Tyler Higby, who we also mentioned, <laughs> comes in as tight, tight end eight. Uh, James O'Shaughnessy comes in as a tight end nine. Fayor Brown, tight end 10. Uh, David Njoku, tight end 11. And Jared Cook, who you also mentioned, tight end 12. It, it seemed really weird when I was doing this, but there were a lot of good tight end days this this past weekend. Don't know what it was, but like I was, I was thinking like, oh, touchdown or not category. Like, nah, these guys all legitimately had good weeks. Um, anything stuck out to you there from the tight end perspective? Uh, no, yeah, I, I definitely like, you know, Jericho coming through, uh, you know, a good sleeper or a person that definitely be available in leagues if you want to get, uh, yeah. And, um, that was pretty much Logan Thomas, you know, that we talked about the catch off air. It was, it was a great catch just using that, his athleticism, his former quarterback. It's just crazy. His story, like how he just went from a former quarterback to uh, a very good tight end in football. Yeah, man. If you listen, if you listen to this show, you know anything about me? I, I love these these versatile players, these players that have um, multi-positional backgrounds. Uh, and so Logan Thomas definitely fits that criteria. Former quarterback was drafted as a quarterback, um, was always known to be an athlete, a uh, better athlete than a quarterback, and now is making it as an NFL tight end. Uh, Noah Fant stuck out to me. He's healthy. I think that's mm-hmm. huge for Noah Fant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, talent is never a question. And with Jerry Judy being injured, I think mm-hmm. that just t- bumps Noah Fan up some more here uh, to where he could really continue to to be a top five, top six tight end on a week to week basis. Uh, and then, you know, getting to some honorable mentions, uh, Dalton Schultz, uh, Blake Jarwin, both guys, I think, had, you know, showed some good opportunities. And we know Dak likes to throw the tight end. I think both will continue to be involved. So definitely look out for those guys. Cole Komet, who I also mentioned um, ahead of the Sunday night game, he had seven targets, uh, which was kind of what I was expecting there from him. And so I think he can continue to have a a role in this offense going forward. And then Dawson Knox also seemed to uh, to to have a, have a decent week there, catching some balls from Josh Allen. Uh, was there anything anybody else that stuck out from you from from an honorable mention perspective, Greg? Uh, no, I think you you pretty much summed the most up. No, I don't give too much love to the the Titans just yet. I usually quick to be when Titans are back, you know, you get hype. But yeah, I think you covered all the honorable mentions as well. And then the Jags, man. Uh, my start of the week at the tight end position, Kyle Pitts. Uh, but this one a little upsetting, but the peripherals were were fine here. Uh, Kyle Pitts comes in uh, playing ninety percent. Of this, no, sorry, he ran a route on 90% of this, uh, 90% of Matt Ryan's dropbacks, played 71% of the offensive snaps, uh, and played some snaps out wide as well as some snaps in from the slot, not lining up as a traditional tight end. So, had eight targets, which was 
tie with Calvin Ridley for the team lead uh, or second to Calvin Ridley. Uh, but either way, Kyle Pitts is the peripherals looked good, just had a disappointing game. Uh, George Kittle wasn't really needed much in this game. Um, Debo Samuel was, you know, saw 12 targets. So most of the work was going there. Um, but then Robert Tunyon, just throw him in the Green Bay, had a bad week category. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, he, his role is not going to be to catch passes in garbage time. It's going to be to catch touchdowns in wins. And so, um, yeah, I, I uh, any anything else that stuck out to you? Anybody else disappointed the tight end position, Greg? Um, Not too much. I mean, they're probably not drafting Eric Ebron, so I'm not going to mention that. Um, yeah, I mean, that's really not a lot to Jack's probably in the tight end position probably be the lowest because we're not expecting too much out of, after the top 12 guys. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's hard. You know, I only really wrote these guys down because they have expectations. They were, yeah. people's lineups. Yeah. so, um, one of them was my start of the week, but neither here nor there, Greg, let's talk about some of these injuries. Um, you know, Odell Beckham did not play, which right. I thought was really intriguing. So yep. that means that he's not a hundred percent. How are you approaching Odell Beckham from a from a fantasy perspective? Yeah, I mean, coming into the, I think both of us weren't really huge fans of Odell. Just the Cleveland Brown Odell, just not getting volume when he's in, and he just, you know, it's just been a not very consistent situation for him in in Cleveland. Um, I, if I'm a Odell manager, um, Probably not the best price to buy because people are not going to buy him for very high right now either. So I, I think, you know, you're, you're, you're keeping him on your bench. I don't think he's a drop candidate just yet. Hopefully he can come back and play next week. Um, and um, in the matchup, they have, they're favored. So I, I think I would start him as a flex. If Sterling Shepard is out there on waivers. Woo. Oh, he's on the list, definitely. Okay, so... If Sterling yeah. Shepard is out there and I'm a Odell manager. Mm. Yes. Are you dropping Odell Beckham to pick up Sterling Shepard? No, not just yet. I think um, I would do it, man. You think we'd do it? I, the bird in the hand is better than two in the bush. Sterling Shepard is usually a good – he's a high reception guy. We, you know, that's what – but the yards per reception was the surprise for Sterling. Like, you're not expecting him to get 16.1 – Yards perception, like uh, uh, I mean, I guess yeah, I guess Jarvis Landry is the Sterling of like the how offensive. long can this go yeah, on? Yeah, you're right, you're absolutely right, right? Like absolutely w- right. Week three, week four, I'm holding, I'm holding Odell and three, yeah, to see if he can help me out in three weeks. Like not like because even his first game back, you're not gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna play him. You're not, com- yeah, you're not happy. I mean, I wasn't happy about draft. I wouldn't be drafting him to, but if you're in this case in the situation. Yeah, I think the sh- the lease should be short. I think the lease should be short. So uh, I mean, I think if he's not playing next week, I'd be ready to drop him. Yeah, because even then you're still dealing with the oh he's out because he's not on IR. So it's like yeah. oh he's out yeah. and he's healthy again. So even if you have an IR spot, you got to move him back to the active roster. That's uh, just too much of a pain. And like if people need wins, you need a wide receiver. You got to pick up somebody off waivers. Like Odell would probably be one of the first names I do to drop. I I I would I would drop and then i would revisit him you know when i know he's healthy again yeah i think the definitely the wide receiver i agree should have the shortest leash out of all of the positions because he's deep be putting up it's deep it's very deep yes sir 
All right, uh, Jerry Judy, um, he suffered an injury. He'll he'll be out four to six weeks with what seems to be a high ankle sprain. The video looked it looked really worse. It looked worse. Yeah. It looked remnant like it looked like it could have been like as like serious as a DAC injury almost. Yeah, uh, but not to that severity, obviously. But uh, he he suffered a high ankle sprain, so um, seems like he'll be back in four to six weeks. Uh, according to Edwin Poros, there doesn't seem any reason to you know try to actively buy low on him. He should be back to form within five to six weeks of of the injury. So looks like just the back half of the season there. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick suffered a hip injury, so he'll be out six to eight weeks. I'm sure we'll talk about um, what that. I think you're is Taylor Heineke on the waiver list. He's not. Uh, I mean, but he could. I mean, for two QB quarterback leagues, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But what does it mean for? I guess. Are you nervous about these Washington pieces if Taylor Heineke is the quarterback? I'm nervous for anyone not named Terry McLaurin and Logan Thomas because Logan Thomas think he's going to be a touchdown threat. He did well with him in spots last year. Uh, and Terry McLaurin is just Terry McLaurin. The catch he made, he made one of the best catches this weekend. Uh, literally vertical. I think he was horizontal to the ground and he made that catch. So. With um, a defender like yes. <laughs> completely going through the ball, yes. completely like any other person yeah. would, would be like, I can't see the ball. Yep. What's happening? Yep. Like, not Terry McLaurin. No, nah, not Terry McLaurin. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I think it bumps down McLaurin's upside a little bit because uh, the deep the deep ball. But my, I think Taylor Heineke showed us something in that playoff game against Tampa. I think he's a, he's a solid quarterback. Yeah, I think Taylor Heineke is going to be okay. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm again. I'm not concerned overly because I think that this becomes again. This is a very concentrated offense between Antonio uh, Antonio Gibson, Taylor Terry McLaurin, and Logan Thomas. So, yeah. um, all right, Josh Jacobs. Oh no, sorry. We'll, we'll talk. We won't talk about Josh Jacobs. He's playing, but Raheem Mostert. Uh, he's out eight weeks, so he suffered an injury there in a game with uh, against the Detroit Lions. So let's just go right into waivers here. Um, how are you approaching? Or let's who's the let's start with the running back position. Right, right, who's right. the number one guy to you on waivers, Greg? Uh, yeah, I think we gotta just because of the hype in the, the Elijah Mitchell, um with the four as the 49ers running back. He's only seven percent rostered. Had 19 carries for the 104 yards and the one touchdown we talked about. Trey Sermon, we don't know what his situation is going to be, especially with the Trey Sermon manager. You want to make this ad. Uh, if he's going to be healthy scratch, you might have to want to drop Trey Sherman for Elijah Mitchell. Uh, and we know that um, Morster is going to be out for the eight weeks. I think we have to consider Elijah Mitchell as getting carries. And if you need RB depth, he can be uh, RB3 in spots where there's going to be great matchups for the, the 49ers. Uh, after that, I would say um, Mark Ingram is another RB3 depth that you could add. 20, only 20% rostered. Got the 20, 26 carries for 85 yards and one touch. I um, think he'd be excellent addition in non-PPR leagues if people still play that. But if you need our running back depth um, for PPR leagues, um, he could be a, definitely an add. Uh, for that PPR back, James White is back. Um, you know, you, you're saying how Mac Jones is going to help him out the most. I think that that's definitely bodes well here. He's only 34% rostered. Got seven targets, caught six of them. 
Um, and that's excellent right there. Uh, 42 yards. If you, that's a solid floor for him. Uh, he got 12 points in a full PPR league. So yeah, continue to have him there as a for RB depth and, and low end flex numbers. Uh, because he can get in the end zone too. And lastly, Kenneth Gainwell. He's 8% rostered. Uh, completely took over for Boston Scott role. And and if we had intrigue in Boston Scott and he's not playing, I think we should have uh, intrigue in Kenneth Gainwell. Got the high usage. And he only played 25 snaps and got 11 touches in those 25 snaps. So he was when he's on the field, he's being used. So that's good for him. Yeah, definitely there. Um, I, I failed to mention it before, but we're, we do, we're going to do a little game uh, where we draft some of these waiver wire players just so – you get an idea how we feel about each player uh, individually and how we might rank them even. So, uh, Greg, what about wide receivers? Who Who's the top ads there? Wide receivers, number one, Sterling Shepard. Uh, I think 39% rostered, led that team in targets with the nine, had seven receptions, which is not surprising, but got down the field, got over 100 yards receiving, um, which is definitely uh, unlike Sterling, um, but he got done, made big play for a touchdown. Um, I think he's going to continue to be this target eater for Dane Jones uh, with an offensive line that very, that struggled. Um, they might have to get the ball quick to for Dane Jones. He'd be a good safety net for Sterling Shepard. And if you can keep getting yardage, and yeah, that's that's a good price for a free price if you can get in, in waivers uh, to start in flex situations. Um, after that, Christian Kirk. Uh, he first of all, they go the Arizona Cardinals are playing Minnesota in week two, so. You, that's a great matchup for that entire Arizona offense, uh, and he can you know easily be uh, 40-14% rostered. Um, I want every piece part of this offense if they're clicking uh, in Arizona with Kyler Murray. Uh, and two honorable mentions: Nelson Aguilar uh, for the Patriots. He played well, and Jalen Rager. Uh, they're 33% and 21% rostered respectively. Um, Jalen Rager did come through with Devontae Smith. I think they were both used um, well with the two tight ends. Nice, nice. And uh, what about the tight end position? The tight end position, uh, first, 26% roster, Jared Cook. He's uh, one of my sleepers coming into the year. Um, I think you got to consider him. He's first he's attached to Justin Herbert, uh, and he was used. He was utilized um, and was able to get uh, five receptions for 56 yards uh, in a football PPR league. That's really good for I'm good for a quarterback. I mean, a tight end. Uh, I will want that for my tight end. Um, so, yeah, I think he can give you safe floor numbers attached to the herb, and he can get in the end zone when uh, and when they're in high-scoring games. Uh, after that, uh, I think, you know, J- uh, Jawan Johnson, uh, you mentioned him um, being attached to uh, the Saints. Um, first of all, he had, does have two positions in some leagues, wide receiver and tight end, so you got the flexibility there. Uh, and he's only 11% rostered, uh, someone you can get, especially in, in deeper leagues and anywhere uh, that if you need to to plug and play someone uh, at the tight end position. And James O'Shaughnessy, he has six receptions um, for Jacksonville. Um, if he's going to be the number one pass catcher as far as the tight end, number one pass catching tight end for the, the Jacksonville Jaguars, I would want that, especially if, you know, Trevor Lawrence is going to be thrown it over 50 times. For definitely for sure. And then what about quarterback? Quarterback, you already know. I mean, famous Jameis is right under that 43%. So you got to put him. Yes, eat those W's. Eat them up, yo. Famous Jameis, number one. Uh, again, arguably Jameis' you know, best game as far as efficiency. Uh, so you got to put him in there. He's going to continue to succeed. Uh, they're playing Carolina in week two. So, you know, a good matchup there. A solid, you know, they should be in positive game script. Um, after that, Jared Goff, he's only 7% rostered. Uh, 
threw 57 times for 338 yards, three touchdowns to pick. Um, we, again, we talk about how bad the Detroit Lions are going to be. So he's going to be in negative game script all year. Uh, no Jeff Okuda. Yeah, so, and they play Green Bay in week two. Uh, Green Bay is probably going to be favored. Um, so, yeah, there'll be points to be had in that game as well. After that, Teddy Bridgewater, 11% rostered, uh, 20 for th- 28 for 36, 264, two touchdowns and no picks. That sounds like a typical Teddy Bridgewater line to me. Uh, over 250 and you know two touchdowns so i think you can consider you know giving him that streaming confidence that we gave him last year with carolina uh for multiple weeks um and if you need a quarterback desperation uh teddy bridgewater is going to be there for you i think in some or not not even in two quarterback leagues in, in standard leagues uh and then the two two quarterback league options uh tyra taylor uh and taylor haneke i think will be guys that you can add um especially if you're the ryan fitzpatrick manager Definitely, man. All right, let's get into this uh, this draft here. And I think uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to take the number one pick here, uh, just so that we'll know that the same weeks I have the number one pick in both uh, the the waiver draft and the uh, and get money here. So with the number one pick in our waiver draft, I'm actually going to take Elijah Mitchell here, um, mm-hmm. running backs. I, I just I have to you can never have enough depth yep. to become trade pieces potentially even uh, if especially if I roster um, I know you said before you might drop Trey Sermon if I would roster both because Trey Sermon's going to get he's going to get active now um, they true. did lose, That's true. they lost Raheem Mostert so he's going to he bumps up one spot of the depth chart and we know this backfield could change at any moment so yeah. I would at least roster him pick up Elijah Mitchell and then now I have two thirds of the backfield. I think you could also get away with picking up Jamichael Hasty because again, this thing can flip at any given moment here. Uh, so yeah, Elijah Mitchell. I don't know how long it'll last, but I will. I'm willing to to bite the bullet here because uh, eight weeks without Raheem Mostert is a long time. That is a long time. That means you know, just when he comes back, you never know how that rotation will change. He might not even come back to his role. So definitely, I like that. Um. Forced to, I mean, I think running backs have top priority in waivers, uh, getting that depth, injuries, changes. So I'm, I'm going to take James White at the 34% uh, just because I know I could always use some PPR depth. Uh, it's just running back depth in general. Um, just plug and play for bye weeks, plug and play for uh, if a late injury happens. It's just, it's just a safe uh, pick. No, James White is definitely a safe PPR pick. I mean... Uh, especially if you're if you are in PPR leagues, he's gonna get what six to eight catches a week. Yeah. At six to eight points, and it's just bankable production there from um from James White. Uh, my with the second pick, um, man, I think I'm gonna go Sterling Shepard here, man. I, I mean, I think you have to go with. The wide receiver uh, PPR machine, I mean, again, if you're just looking for somebody to play this week, if you're looking, if you had an injury or you need a flex or, you know, something, then uh, you definitely could throw him in there. Yeah, uh, definitely love that. Um, since you took that number one receiver, um, if especially if you're in two quarterback leagues, or but especially I think if you're in a one quarterback league and you had Matt Ryan, Go get you James Winston, man. Do what you got to do. Get get you James Winston. Uh, if you you know, not Aaron Rodgers or anybody like that. I think uh the Matt Ryan manager should should go and get that guy. 
Yeah, no, nah, definitely, man. Uh, and for the sake of time, we'll cut it here. But I, I, I just want to mention. I failed to mention. I don't know why. Maybe the pain. I just could. I just blocked it from my memory. But don't think I purposely left Brandon Ayuk off the Jags list. <laughs> he, he definitely made it on. He's definitely on the Jags list. It's because you know he probably wasn't even reported. That's why you know so he couldn't even. <laughs> you like, gotta get the target right to like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To hell yeah. <laughs> so other than that, you're just like a participant in the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I mean Brandon Ayuk. I just want to speak on this one topic, this one subject here before we close it out. Uh, what do you do with Brandon Ayuk? Do not drop Brandon Ayuk. No, um, no, no, I'm. No. 100% convinced. I'm of the mind. So leading up to the game against San Fran, I did not think Brandon Ayuk was gonna was like I did, did not think he was gonna play. I was a little bit nervous. But then he got he started getting some full practices in the week of the game. But you have to remember he was out for ten days before that. Uh, so they Kyle Shanahan said that they didn't want to you know they didn't want to tire him out. They said that uh, you know Trent Sherfield also earned the right to play some more snaps there too. So I think it's a combination of things, but I will not. I would not drop Brandon Ayuk. I think he'll be fine. Um, you know, we'll just reassess as the week goes on. Greg, anything to add to Brandon Ayuk? No, I totally yeah. agree with you. Don't, don't not panic. Week one panic with Brandon Ayuk. Um, yeah, just this, if it's a matter of health, it wasn't a healthy scratch. It wasn't like performance. Um, you know, so be ready for him to be be there week two uh, in a in a great matchup. And so yeah, uh, I would keep him. All right, yo, let's uh let's close this one out. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for uh rocking with us. Hopefully you you made it through week 1. Uh you know you're definitely going to make it to week 2, so keep vibing with us, keep rocking with us, and we're going to lead you to them chips, man. That's that's what yes, we sir. That's what we that's what we strive to do for sure. Uh Greg, let's let's get out of here, man. Um have a good one everybody. We'll catch y'all later and we will talk to y'all on Wednesday slash Thursday for the Thursday night preview. Later. Yeah.